Hey, and thanks for taking the time to listen with us here at Gospel Way as we seek to find rest in Christ. Please know that this is supplemental and does not replace your local church or the pastor that God has given to shepherd your soul. But it is our prayer that God will use these resources to bless you and point you to Jesus. Romans chapter 16. This will be the last message from the book of Romans. Um, I went through today to see if I could count how many we did, but um, either my counting was bad or I got lazy because I never made it. But we will be looking tonight at verses 21 through 27, and specifically tonight will be 25 through 27. But 21 through 24, Paul gives his final salutation. He basically says, tell these people, hey, for me. And then he gives his ending statement for the book of Romans. Romans 21, he said, Timotheus, my fellow, my work fellow, and Lucius and Jason and Sophia, my kinsmen, salute you. I, Tertius, who wrote this epistle, salute you in the Lord. Gaius, mine host, and all the church salute you. Aristus, the chamberlain of the city, salute you. And Quiritus, his brother. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Paul says in verse number 25, Now to him that is of power, establish you, according to my gospel, and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery which was began, which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandments of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. To God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Real quick, I want to turn back to Romans chapter number 1. And read a small section from Romans chapter number 1. Um, Paul does something interesting in the book of Romans. But specifically, and I know everybody will remember this section of scripture. In Romans 1.16, he said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. Paul uses these same statements here in verse number 25. He says, Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel. So I'm going to look at four things, beginning with the strength that we can find in the power of the gospel. Paul says that the gospel has a purpose. In the beginning of Romans, he said it was the power. It was, it was the solution. It was the, the antidote, if you want to call it that, to the problems that he would speak of. So he tells us that we've already been given the antidote of the gospel. It was the power unto salvation. It was everything that we needed to grab hold of salvation, to be able to see salvation, to be able to see our need for salvation. Paul says here at the end, it's not only the power 
to be able to see and grab hold of and believe the gospel. It's not only the power to salvation, but he says it's the power to establish us. The word here, it says establish, which is, is difficult because we would automatically read, read established. But the word established is the same word that actually that Luke uses in, in his gospel in chapter 16. Luke, when he's writing about the rich man and Lazarus, he tells that the rich man calls to Abraham and basically asks him to bring him some water. Abraham's word back to the rich man, he said, I can't because there is a great goal fixed. It's put there. And that's the same word that Paul uses here. He says, there's somebody who has this power and this power is to fix you, to establish you, to put you into something that's going to hold. And that's in essence what Paul's saying. He's saying that we've given everything over. Paul couldn't be there with the Roman people. He couldn't, he wasn't there at this point in time. But he said to the one who has the power to keep hold of you. The one who has the power to make sure that you don't go anywhere. The one that has the power to make sure that you don't go with these other beliefs. And we can remember that even back from verse number 17 when he tells us that there are false teachers. That we looked at last week. He said there are going to be people who come in, but I am praying and giving over everything to the one who has the power, the ability, what you need to be able to fix you, to establish you, to make sure that you're solid. So he tells us that there is strength in the power of the gospel. And that's what he says. He says, establish you according to my gospel. So the way that we are going to be established, the way that he was telling the Roman church that they would be established, the, the, the in, instance that he was giving to them, was that they were going to be established by God through the power of the gospel. So, and again, this is, this is really tying back into what we looked at last week because what Paul is saying is the way that you're going to not be led astray, the way that you're going to be able to be solidified in what you believe is in hearing the gospel. Not only that, Paul moves on. And he says that the strength is in the preaching of the gospel. Paul says that in the second part of verse number 25. He said, In the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began. Paul says not only is there strength in the power of the gospel to establish you, but the way that you are going to keep on getting this strength, the way that this strength is going to continue in you, the way this is all going to be able to be built up is by the preaching of Jesus Christ. And Paul says a little bit later in this text that it's according to the revelation of the mystery. So real quickly, I want to turn over to Colossians chapter number one so we can see what that mystery is. Because Paul tells us, he tells us in a few other places, once in Ephesians, he alludes to it in the book of Romans, and he mentions it in Philippians. But specifically, we get the clearest picture of this in Colossians chapter number 1 and verse number 24. 
Paul says, who now rejoice in my suffering for you and fill up that which is behind of the affections, afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church, whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. And here's where Paul after explaining why he's getting ready to say this, says, Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but is now made manifest to his saints. In verse number 27, we can see what this mystery is. To whom God made would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. There's a few things that we see in that text, but namely what the mystery is and what that mystery does. When Paul says it it can make you perfect, he's saying the exact same thing that he's saying here in Romans. The word perfect is another way for Paul to say complete, solidified, built in, or established. So Paul says that it's the gospel that establishes, and it's the preaching of this mystery. And what did Paul say the mystery was? He said the mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And we're going to tie that in in verse number 27. But Paul says here in verse number 25, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of all, the commandment of the everlasting God made known to all nations. So Paul says the strength in building us up is the preaching of this mystery. He says this mystery was a secret. What we understand now that they didn't understand then is that this mystery, that this secret is wrapped up in a person. John tells us who that was. He says in John chapter 1, verse number 14, that the word was made manifest and dwelt among us. The mystery that that was not understood throughout the Old Testament was that Christ was going to come. And a lot of that's been covered even on Sunday morning. It was mentioned this morning that Eve thought it would be Cain. Abraham thought it was going to be Isaac. David thought it was going to be Solomon. Every time God gave a promise, they were very short-sighted in not understanding what God was actually saying. They thought, well, hey, if this is going to be given to my seed, then I'm going to look right here at my son and believe that's who it is. So they were giving foreshadows of who Christ would be, but they never quite grasped who he was. Hebrews chapter 10 tells us that they believed the promise, but they never saw the promise. They never saw it come to fulfillment. They were given fuzzy pictures of it. They were given black and white versions where we now see it colorized. But it was this mystery that Christ would be in us. Christ would come. He would inhabit flesh. He would make payment for sin. He would live a perfect life and that he would give the earnest of his inheritance in the Holy Spirit that we would be in him and he would be in us. 
That's the mystery that Paul is saying is the strength that we are able to gain. If we're going to have any strength at all, it's going to come from the preaching of this gospel. That's how God has said. That's what God has decided is going to be the means of which he brings people to himself. And Paul is telling us here that it's also the means in which he builds his people up. The same means that Paul calls foolishness in another place is the means that he has chosen to do these things. So he tells us that there's strength in the power of the gospel. He says there's strength in the preaching of the gospel. But what is this strength for? Paul says this strength is for the proclamation of the gospel. And he tells us that there in the end of verse number 26. He said that all this was done. All this is now made manifest. We can now all see it. It's all come together. Like 18. He loved it because the plan finally came together. I don't know if that was, if that was, a, well, that may have been a swing and a miss. But <laughs> anyway. That was good. The, uh, he says, according to the commandments of the everlasting God made known to all nations. And he says there's a reason that this is being done. This proclamation is for the nations to come in obedience of faith. Basically what Paul's saying here, he's saying that he's going to keep you. He's going to make sure nothing happens to you because he's able to do it. He's going to do this by the continued preaching of the gospel. And he's going to do this so that the obedience of faith goes out to the nations. And what is the obedience of faith? It's believing this same gospel that he said had the power to bring men to salvation and to allow them and enable them to continue in their salvation. Paul says that he's put this whole plan together. He's had this plan made manifest, and it's so that his plan could be proclaimed. The whole purpose of this happening is so that we could tell people that it happened. This is what Paul says and means by this obedience of faith. For the unbeliever, the obedience of faith is coming to belief in Christ, coming to faith in Christ, not rejecting him, not being disobedient to the call of the gospel, but being obedient to the call of the gospel. For the believer, it's continuing to believe. It's to continuing to be reminded that this is what Christ did, that he is in us, and that is the hope of glory. That mystery that the Old Testament saints did not quite understand is the same thing that we ought to be proclaiming to others and the same thing that we ought to be proclaiming to ourselves. And then Paul gives us the reason, not only for, why, why this is happening for the proclamation of the gospel, but he tells us that we'll be strengthened by the promise of the gospel. So as we are going around and in the power of the gospel, preaching the gospel and proclaiming the gospel, he says that we're strengthened by the power of the gospel. And we can see that in the beginning of verse number 26. He says it was made manifest by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandments of the everlasting God. So Paul says that we can see that this promise of the gospel took place and we can be empowered in our proclamation of the gospel because he promised something and it came to pass. We can look throughout the Old Testament. We can look at the prophets 
who seemingly failed, who seemingly succeeded. It depends on which one you look at, on whether they were failing or whether they were succeeding. But we can look at them and say and understand that the promise that God was proclaiming through them of Christ's coming that they didn't even know about, this same power that kept them going will keep us going. Because it was the way that he decided to speak to the people then. Hebrews chapter 1 tells us that God in many different times and in many different ways spoke through different means. Sometimes through the prophets, sometimes through a king, sometimes through a donkey. God spoke however he decided to speak, but he said now he speaks through his son. So if we're going to get and gain any revelation in our day, it's going to be the person of Jesus Christ. If we're going to understand anything that God has to say to us, it's going to be found in the person of Christ. That is how God has chosen to speak today. And we find these things in the Word of God. So God chose, Paul is saying, through the means of prophets, through the means of different men and women in the Old Testament. That's how he brought his promise to people, how he explained what he was doing to people then. But he tells us now through the gospel, through the good news of the coming of Christ, that is how we now explain things to ourselves and to those that are around us. If we're going to gain any knowledge, if we're going to gain any understanding, if we're going to gain anything from the scriptures, it's got to be that it comes through the person of Christ. And he even alludes to this here in a second. That's the reason it's so important that when we come to church, that when we come together as believers, that we are giving each other Christ, that we're hearing Christ. If we're hearing anything else, it may benefit us for a moment, but it's going to have no lasting effect. Nothing else, according to Paul here, has the, has the ability or even the opportunity to actually establish us. There is, no, there is no work. There is no commandment. There is no social function. There is no political event. There is nothing that we can hear from a pulpit that will have any eternal value, that will have any ability to solidify or build us up in any way for the proclamation of the gospel except for the person of Christ. Yes. And that's Paul's whole point. If we've not gained that over the past two years from the book of Romans, that it's all about the person of Jesus Christ, then Paul wasted his time in writing this letter. Because that's his whole point. Everything that he said has pointed us to Christ. And he said, the reason that I did this is because this is the only thing that can help you. There's nothing else that Paul could have given. There's no wisdom that Paul had. There's no insider knowledge that Paul had that could have helped them other than the mystery that had been given by God in the person of Christ. Paul tells us in verse number 27, he ends the book of Romans. In essence, what is a short prayer, but he explains to us the purpose behind the gospel. What, what was the ultimate purpose in all this? He says, To God only wise be glory, and catch what he says, through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Amen. Paul says that God in all of his wisdom, 
has done things that may seem ignorant to us, does things that may seem odd to us. But Paul said he is the wise one. It may not make sense to us at times how what he has said happened, why the things that he has says happens, why it seems that we can hear seemingly the same story over and over and over and over, and it changes. But Paul said that it was put together as the means which God is building us up. And he says he's done this because he's the one who's wise. He's the one that knows what he's doing. If it would have been left up to Paul, as smart of a man as he was, it would have been done in ignorance. But he says that it was God only wise, and this was the purpose, so that he would get glory through Jesus Christ forever. So the whole purpose of this strengthening us up in the gospel, the whole purpose of the preaching of the gospel, the whole purpose of the proclamation of the gospel, and the whole purpose of God promising the gospel was also that he could get the glory. Whenever he comes in our life and he saves us, who gets the glory? He does through Jesus Christ. When we come together and we look at his word, And we sing songs about him. And we read psalms that speak of him. Who gets the glory? It's him. And it's through Jesus Christ. When we do anything, even what Paul says that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it. He'll, He'll finish the work. It's through Jesus Christ. Everything that God has decided to do in the world and among his people, he has decided to do through the avenue of Jesus. And if we miss anything else, if we don't get anything else from the entire book of Romans, we've got to come away being able to say that God has said that the gospel is everything that we need because the gospel is Jesus Christ. Yes. Jesus Christ is the gospel manifested to us. Yeah. When John wrote, he said that John the Baptist was baptizing in the River Jordan. And he said something very specific whenever he saw Jesus. He said, behold the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sin of the world. It was the gospel. That's why it came. That was the good news. From start of the start of Jesus' ministry to the end of Jesus' ministry, and even in the continuance of of his ministry, through the acts of the apostles and through the acts of the church. Everything that happens, everything that he does, every work that he completes, is for the glory of God and it's through Jesus Christ. It's the reason that our lives, they ultimately need to be about Jesus. They need to be building up the person of Christ. They need to be proclaiming the ministry and the work of Christ because that is how God has said that he will gain his glory. And it's not just a temporal glory. It's not something that is going to be glorious until the next president gets into office. 
It's not something that's going to be glorious as long as taxes are low. It's not something that's going to be glorious as long as the economy is good. It's not something that's going to be glorious as long as there's no virus running rampant. Paul says it'll be glorious forever because Jesus Christ will be forever. And this was the the whole mystery. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Let's pray.